And now, breaking news from migraine sufferer Whoopi Goldberg about Nurtec ODT Remegipant 75 milligrams. I got big news. Now Nurtec ODT is the first and only medication proven to treat and prevent migraines. This is big time. Don't take if allergic to Nurtec ODT. The most common side effects were nausea, stomach pain, and indigestion. For important safety information, prescribing information, and patient information, visit Nurtec.com. Ask your doctor about Nurtec today. Nurtec, baby. fans and welcome once again to the AFA podcast, the official podcast for animationforadults.com. My name is Rachel and joining me today for this episode is Chris. Hello. Hey, and Dan. <laughs> Hello. Hey, thank you guys for joining me today. Today we'll be discussing a uh, anime film, a Japanese animated film that has uh, recently, I would say within at the time of recording this last, I'd say two, three weeks, you can correct my timing on that chris it's times become so much of a blur god knows but it was in uh, it was in june i think that we're in july it was, yeah yeah we've just yeah, we've last, just entered july <laughs> and yeah as the time like, of the as the time of recording this uh fourth of july it was literally yesterday um yeah but uh you we're gonna be talking about a film that i know chris and i were very excited for because it involves one of our favorite uh domestic animals of all time cats and it is yeah. called A Whisker Away. Uh, if you've been checking on your Netflix and you typically are a uh, viewer of uh, Japanese animation on there, you will probably have seen the promotional uh, posters for this. And I know we were uh, promoting it on our website. We do have a lovely review of the movie on the website. And uh, if you want to go ahead and give that a read, you're welcome to. But we will be doing a much more in-depth discussion, kind of like how we normally do when we are keeping the discussion to a singular uh, a singular feature film. Um, I know this film was supposed to uh, come out in theaters in Japan a while back, but obviously due to the uh, current situation going around the world, which you probably are been inundated with at this point, I'm going to spare you the reasons why that couldn't happen. So, what with one thing and another? Yep, that exactly, exactly. I hear that's the catchphrase going uh, going around right now to basically avoid talking about what's happening right now. I'm, is... I'm quite a fan of um, of all this gestures. Yes, yeah. of all this. Of all this. I like I that. that. I like that too. Um, but yes, but so because of that, uh, I believe a, you know, a deal was made with Netflix and the film uh, basically just had its, it had its release on Netflix. So it was Pretty originally... Yeah. It was... A bit of a bonus for us because we didn't think we were going to see it for months or you know even longer because traditionally it takes yeah. quite a while for, uh, for anime films to make their way over here. Traditionally, or, it seems like they play for like a few months in Japanese theaters, and then only then does like a international distributor sort of go. Oh, that might be a good one to get maybe tonight. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I, guess, hmm, I think this might be a hit. Yeah, and it's cool that, um, yeah, that, like, like you're saying, like that got compressed. Yeah. It just, we, because normally uh, you'd be thinking, 
we might get it might come out in America first, and then eventually the UK or whatever. Or sometimes yeah, Scotland, it, Scotland loves anime. Probably might get it and, yeah. and hear about it. Yeah, but this this just it's just here, and we've mm-hmm. seen it. It's, it's like here. well. Yeah. And, and there's another reason we're interested in it because it's um, it's the next uh, film written by Mario Kada. It is indeed. I remember like looking at the animation because I believe uh, when Chris and I first saw the trailer for it, um, we were excited because not only was it about cats, it also is involved the same animation studio who uh, animated um, Penguin Highway, which is a adorable little movie. And if you haven't seen it already, we Chris and I highly endorse it, um, and just for, just for the animation alone on the penguins, and we are happy to see uh, the same level of care go into some of the cat animation in this movie. But yeah, um, Mario Kata uh, comes out again. You know, this is uh, going back, and she's had her experience with being a director. And now she's just going back to what she loves most, which is writing. And uh, in the preparation for this episode, I will admit I haven't completed reading the book, but um, I've also been reading um, the digital version of uh, an account of her life, her early life, uh, leading up to her career in screening in screenwriting for anime. And uh, like I said, is it I written by her? Uh, I'm trying to remember if there if she was actually written the credits. I don't have my my I wish my phone was right in front of me so I could double check because I was literally I was on the beach this morning and I was reading through a whole bunch of the different chapters cool. but it's it's all told from her point of view right her, like her personal account of her life so i, I could only assume so if that's the way it was written that mm-hmm. or at least whoever yeah, was helping her make yeah. the book was instructed to put it down in that way and uh, apparently it is written by her mm-hmm. it's, it's it's amazingly personal personal story like mm-hmm. yeah i've only i feel like even i'm only like five to six chapters in of like 12 or 13 and i've only just scratched the surface it's also pretty interesting as well like that you know usually not mm-hmm. just in anime but in animation in general mm-hmm. um screenwriters aren't really the star it's usually we're talking about auteur directors mm-hmm. um you know like studios maybe you know like um that might be a draw, but it's rare. It's pretty rare that like the O'Toole sort of writer comes to comes to yeah, some it, sort of celebrity or recognition. Yeah, it's, it's normally only when it's a writer director, right? Right, like a Brad Bird or a, or a yeah. Miyazaki or someone like yeah. Mm. But when when they when they just write, <clears throat> it doesn't normally work like that. Yeah, they normally don't get as much they normally don't get as much screen credit mind you yeah. i think in the world of tv um writers have more clout mm-hmm. yeah than, than directors so you know the fact that she started out in tv animation which which um which does actually lend itself a little bit more to um recognizing the writers more than directors a little bit sometimes yeah yeah i think i think i've heard people say like film is a director's medium and tv is more of a writer's medium because mm-hmm. no one ever says oh i love this tv series it it some of the episodes were directed by <laughs> well, i say that and then people I mean, just sort of glaze their eyes glaze over now. Okay. <laughs> But I, I know yeah, that but... look well. I know that look well too, Dan. It's it's not just you. 
But I'm, I'm, talking, <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, in TV in general, not just animation. Well, yeah, particularly like in, in traditional TV, like, you know, in traditional, yeah, TV. Yeah, um, it's that is the, definitely um, the case. It's the writers, you know, there are certain writers who are famous. Yeah. Famous yeah. for their shows or whatever. So, uh, so this is, um, this isn't based on anything. This is like an original story as well, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yep. Um, and quite rare. <laughs> yeah, at least yeah. in this day and age, for sure. Like something always has to be based off some other property. Yeah, because even Penguin or... Highway was written, was based off a book, was it? Yeah, yeah, it, it was, was based yeah. on, on a book written by the same person who wrote The Night is Short, I think. Oh, really? I still yeah, haven't I seen so. um, Penguin Highway. I don't think it's like it's not, easily not, available in the UK yet. It's it's only on uh, Anime Limited. Is it an anime, yeah. anime Limited Blu-ray yeah. box set? Yeah, yeah. It, you can you can buy it on standard, quite cheap. But yeah, you know. but I, I don't think it's something I want to spend like eighteen quid just finding out if I feel if I like it or not. Yeah, no, but it's not streaming anywhere in right. the UK. It streamed as part of that um, the uh, screen an- anime screen or screen anime, whatever it's the mm-hmm. the curated online anime film festival that the Anime Limited are doing. Mm-hmm. Well, it has it a very was... nice limited box, limited edition box set from Anime Limited with a storyboard book and everything. Ooh, so, yeah, those those things are always really nice though, but they're so expensive, and it's like I could never justify. <sighs> Spending that sort of money on one film or one series. I really wanted the um, perfect blue one, but like it's mm. eighty quid for the book. Oh, if I spend eighty quid on a book, I'll feel like a mug. The Cowboy Bebop one was ridiculous. It was like a, <clears throat> it was like a record case, <laughs> like a record box. See, I, I, I know people so who buy them cool. though, so they they do get. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, Studio Colorado, Colorado, whatever you want to call it, um, it uh, was established by a guy who was like a sort of, um, am I right? And he was like a sort of independent animator. I feel like I've seen his his shorts before. They, uh, yeah, I'm, they, um, they're kind of, one of the things they know for is, is like, commercials and stuff i think a lot of things they've done that that was he didn't know the guy did he did a, um the name of the guy is uh hideo uda and he did like i think it was a student film something called mm. fumiko's confession oh i yeah i've heard about it. i think you it might be you who talked about it before yeah it's like this very sort of visually striking um uh Oh, hang on. No, I'm sorry. I'm getting the names, the, the guy's name wrong. Never mind. Oh, my goodness. I should have come prepared. So, um, it's all right. It's kind of, it's, it's a guy called Ishida Hiroyasu. And he did like some really striking short films. Like, there was one called Paulette's Chair that was really good, one called Rain Town that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he sort of like teamed up with, studio, he, he co founded it. That's it. He co founded it with, that's why their names are together. Um, and Penguin Highway was their first feature. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then this is like their second movie, right? Mm. Yeah. So it's like it's, it's a it's like a brand new studio. It was it was yeah. founded in um, two thousand eleven? So you know, in in the landscape of things, pretty new studio. Yeah, and, and com compared to some of the other studios, uh, anime studios right now, yeah, they, they, I think they're probably one of the youngest. Which is interesting, because if this is their, indeed their second outing, because I love their style, even when, obviously, it, it, this has a different look from, uh, from Penguin Highway, uh, in terms of how the characters look and, and stuff like that. And the cats, I wouldn't say, are as... Uh, realistic looking they're a bit more caricature like but at the same time right it, it's done it's done well like it, like some sub scenes of where we have our main character we'll get into the story in just a second where we have our main character just walking along a rooftop as a cat or just doing certain cat like body language and like as someone who owns a cat myself i'm like yep yes yeah that 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 checks out <laughs> that absolutely yeah, checks out it's very well observed, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So did we so, want to talk? Oh, sorry, go ahead, Dan. Don't want to interrupt you. No, 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 no. I, I, I kind of want to. I know we're going to get into it, but I kind of just want to know. I want to know um, straight off, like, mm -hmm. uh, did it, did it, did it take you? Did you guys, you know, what, 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 what's your, what's your feeling on the movie? Okay, so just overall, yeah. Um, so. Overall, like, at first I wasn't sure to think about it. I mean, the premise, the fact that, you know, the, the, the premise kind of intrigued me to a degree, but it was, you know, the fact that it was another love story through all of these other, like, Japanese animated love stories that we've had for quite, you know, we've been seeing for quite some time now. Um, like, I wasn't that interested in in that part of the aspect of the story. I was actually more curious about the more supernatural aspects. I mean, obviously we see in the trailers, we see like this giant tree and like a town full of cats and stuff like that, which is something that pops up a lot in uh, Japanese mythology when it comes to cats. Um, I was more fascinated by that aspect of it. Right. But as I watched the movie and uh, saw some of the, like the challenges that Muge is going through in her daily life, and I could in a small way relate to it because, well, you know, obviously the extreme part, which we'll get to in the story, you know, it's like, that's, I don't have that experience, but it's, it's hard when you see someone else going through a similar circumstance, such as, you know, divorced parents, and then mm. they have, you know, trying to welcome a new person, like say, you know, father gets a girlfriend or mom gets a boyfriend and mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. have to get used to that and think of them as part of the family, even though it feels not necessarily like a violation of what your old status quo was, but it's just like, you know, you know even if it's like, ah, this is a hard thing to put into words for me, so sorry if I stumble here, but it's just kind of like, you're okay, but you're also not okay. And that, I think, was probably what really pulled me in, is that, and I was able to uh, use that in order to relate to the main character a lot more. And I just also kind of liked how animated and spunky she was. So I was more just rooting mm. for her this entire film. Like the still the romance is like, eh, 
I'm not sure if I'm entirely behind it, but it is kind of cute. And I like how that's playing off her character growth, et cetera. And I liked, I liked, really liked when the, I was really happy when the credits rolled and they had that whole sequence where there's no spoken dialogue, but you look at and you see subtitles of like a lot of the aftermath of the story. And there were a lot of really sweet scenes and I'm like, okay, no, I, I'm really super glad I watched this. I still can't say it's my favorite uh, film, but it was a wonderful, wonderful film to watch, and I enjoyed it just as much the second time around. How about you, Chris? I, I well, I will say that I kind of went into it not knowing that much about it. Like I did, didn't really take in a lot from trailers because a lot of Japanese trailers they kind of you don't actually learn that much from them. True. <laughs> just, they're, they're just the right amount of vague. You just get lots, basically, you get lots of shots from the thing. Maybe some random dialogue, lots of Japanese text, and then, then it just says the title and when it's coming or something. Mm. And, and then you kind of go, I, you know, and my general thing is that I don't really know anything much about the plot, but I just go on the what it looks like, whatever, and, so, um, but the reason I was eagerly anticipating it was the um, the fact that it was Studio Colorado and I loved Penguin Highway and also it was about cats. So that was basically what it came down to. Um, I, I'd actually forgotten until I read the review, the review that Andrew <laughs> Osman wrote that it was actually the written by Mario Okada. Okada. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd yeah. completely forgotten. Um, so I, that hadn't particularly been something that was in my forefront of my mind when I was watching it. But I, so I didn't, I didn't know much, you know, I didn't think, oh, this is going to be romance or whatever. Mm. And like, as you're saying, it's not, most like anime where romance is a, a, a key, like the key thing, or whatever, is something that's not particularly interesting to me, especially when it's, either children or animals, because I find, I don't know, it's a personal, it's a personal peeve of like, when there's a movie with like animals and they have a strong romance or something. And it's like, no, I, I don't need to see badgers falling into up. It's fine or whatever. Oh, um, I, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know why. It's just, it's just like, oh, there's a romantic subplot in Chicken Run. Like, it doesn't need one, they're chickens. Sorry, oh, I, uh, I, I really, I, I gotta say, um, Ginger and Rocky's relationship really feels real to me. So <laughs> I can't imagine Chicken Run without that. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but so I wasn't particularly fussed about that element of it, but I did really like it because uh, I thought it was cute and I like the cats, obviously. Um, and I like sort of Japanese um, things like mythology things and mm. like things about that have like the sort of connection to animals and nature and stuff like I guess comes from Shinto and Buddhist thinking or whatever mm. things like wolf, wolf brain or stuff whatever where just randomly they're wolves but they're also people and that's fine and you don't have to think about it Mm-hmm. So that's kind of got a bit like this 
where oh he could turn into a cat it's fine we haven't even said that <laughs> if someone's listening to we... that they don't we haven't talked about the plot yet no, no okay so i think this is what's kind of interesting about it to me is that um funnily enough i think um i think andrew mentioned it on on on, on in the review that like it doesn't do um the uh the sort of messing around sort of oh this is being a cat sort of like you know shtick that like a lot of humans turning into animal movies would do it doesn't basically it doesn't have the bit where spider-man is running along the rooftop yes trying out his his um yeah his new ability or and being completely silly yeah because it, it kind of it kind of so okay so maybe we should i'll say by the way um i've only seen this film once mm-hmm. i wasn't in the best mood when i saw it um funnily enough um you know lockdown isn't the best time <laughs> to uh you know i don't know for, for certain for, that, no, for, for lots anything. of reasons for anything Um, and I kind of went into it with, um, what's the word? Like on, on the back foot a little bit, because I was like rolling my eyes at the title. I didn't like the title. Um, obviously I prefer the Japanese title because it's long and stupid. Yeah. What was, (laughs) let me, let me read the, uh, the Japanese Japanese title is, um, something like, you know, whilst crying, Whilst wanting to cry, I turn into a cat. Or whilst yeah, crying, I can't. To... I don't know why they didn't go with that for the English title. Nakitai watashi wa neko wo kaburu. Right. So they clearly went. Yeah, we're not doing that. Let's do a title <laughs> that evokes spirited away. Mm. It's actually very. It, you know, I think the title is just too good for its own good. Yeah. Yeah. You I hadn't, I I hadn't even that. thought of that. I hadn't even. It hadn't no, I hadn't worked that out. That was that was the um, that was the thing that jumped out to me the first time I saw the title. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, "Really? You calling it something away?" Anyway, um, I went into it as well with a kind of expectation because I was like, "Oh wow, it's Mario Kart's next thing. It's going to be really interesting because Macrio was such a freaking weird, interesting film." Mm-hmm. Um. This one is, uh, intre- you know, the thing is, is that um, I kind of let it wash over me a little bit and mm-hmm. there were certain elements in the film, like the really, really sensual scenes with the boy and the cat, <laughs> that yeah. kept daring me to just turn it off. Uh-huh. <laughs> and... Um, I think as a result, a lot of like the film's subtle characterization sort of passed me by. And then since then, I've thought about it a little bit more. And I was like, oh, actually, that's quite interesting. Like the fact that the protagonist is like a boisterous girl. I really, really like that. Yeah, mm. me too. That, that, um, that's what really drew me into her character. Is I thought it was just... very bold. I mean, frankly, a bold choice because, you know, anime... Uh, typically has like this this very sort of almost like old Hollywood sort of t- tradition of um, 
sticking to leading ty- leading types. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and refreshingly, you know, you know, and and for, for female leads, that usually means um, timidity and over politeness and all of these things that would be appealing to see, right, mm-hmm. from a yeah. sort of traditional sort of point of view. And this one is just like she's very boisterous and she's like really funny and she thinks she's really sexy and funny and. I immediately endeared her. Um, so that was easy, you know, that was the thing that carried me through the film. Um, but it didn't grab me in the way that Maquia did mm-hmm. um, for like doing something really interesting with the plot. It did plenty of interesting things. Anyway, since then, I've read a few reviews, including the one on the AFA website. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. That good have really made me want to watch it again and give it another, <laughs> give it another shot. Yeah, I think it would be. Um, I think that would be worth it because I mean. So yeah, I, I mean, I'll I'll say like you know my first viewing was pretty lukewarm. The reaction, um, probably down to tiredness more than anything else because, okay. um, I, you know I, I thought it looked pretty, uh, you know, like really well made and everything, but uh, yeah, I wasn't swept up in it. Anyway, we should probably talk about what it even is. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we've been alluding to bits and pieces of it, and people who have already taken the time to go out and see the trailer or have seen the promos on Netflix when it first was released have general idea of what the premise is. So I'll just kind of do like a, like a Cliff Notes version of like the setup story here. Um, our story is focused around a young girl, I believe she's in junior high, uh, named Mio Sasaki. Um, and she has a pretty serious uh, crush on one of her uh, classmates named Kento Hinode. Um, but like, as Dan was saying, unlike most uh, you know, anime heroines, she's not very shy about it. Like the moment we're introduced to her in terms of this dot character dynamic, she is like literally like she sees him, goes running at him and does this cute little thing where she just like, Runs she into does a him. bum attack. She does a bum attack, and <laughs> as in she attacks him with her bum. Just, yes. to, just to be clear, not the other way around. Yes, she doesn't and... attack his bum. <laughs> but she's very loud. It's like, oh, he talked to me. It's like, ah, oh, like your voice is so sexy, and he is very much just like, I'm not interested. Please leave me alone. Go away. But they've. Uh, the entire class has given her the nickname Muge, as in, if I recall, Miss Ultra, what was it? It was Miss Ultra, um, I know eccentric's the last word. God dang it. Um, I it's know. not gregarious, is it? No, it's something, it's an unusual word, I think. Yeah. What, it's, what, what, what are you talking about? Sorry, well, they, give her, they give her the nickname. Uh, Muge is what most, most people call her. All of her classmates call her Muge. But, it's, but it stands for something. Yeah, it's not her real name. Mio is her real name. Oh. Yeah. yeah okay, Ooh. I got it. It's Miss Ultra Gaga <laughs> and Eccentric. Gaga. Gaga, because she's Gaga for Hinote. <laughs> Much to his chagrin. Um, but the we soon learn that part of the you know while she acts like this towards him when during the daytime once she comes home from school she dons a little um 
uh, no, or no, I believe how you pronounce that mask. Uh, it's a N-O-H mask of a cat, of a cat's face and puts that on and she's actually able to transform into a cat and she travels to his home and interacts with him as, as, as uh, an alter ego, a Taro is what he calls the cat, her, her cat form. And uh, she's able to use this to learn more about him and that's pretty much the premise of the movie is that she has this ability to interact with him as a cat and learn more about him and the story is uh, what she learns through those experiences and how she wants to be able to interact with him as a person. But then of course there is a, she's got her own character arc going on with a recently divorced, uh, or no, I would say recently divorced, a uh, divorce situation where her father is a, um, is as a spouse. I believe they, they don't elaborate if it's a girlfriend or a spouse. Um, well, there's a conversation in it. Um, it's a flashback. Mm -hmm. um, where she's talking to her mother and she's saying something about, oh, do you think they're going to get married? And, oh, oh, okay, so they aren't married yet. They're living together, but they're not married yet. But it's also a flashback, so it's mm -hmm. not quite quite sure if they're now married. But the point is... The point is it's serious, and she's yeah, there to stay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah. and the mother... in Again, this is something that is not the usual um setup you see in anime mm. domestic well in a lot of the domestic situations it's just there's no parents or they're dead so that the um or if someone left they've left and they're coming back yeah but yeah, it's, it's um, yeah it's it's much more like um you know I, I like that a lot because it's it's a lot more how life is for uh junior high school students it's it's kind of you're kind of caught between the world of um, um, and you know, like wanting to do your own thing. Mm -hmm. like yeah, you but still have to go home every night. But the point is, she left. She left the family, but she's not completely gone. But she's, you know, you so have a picture. It, yeah, the situation. Yeah. The, the um, the sort of implication is that you know she's a. Yeah, I suppose you'd say deadbeat dad if it was a dad. So. Deadbeat yeah. mom. Yeah, deadbeat mom. And she's yeah. like, oh, I want yeah. to I want to be part of my daughter's life again after basically running out, running out on her. And obviously that's got a lot of uh, confused emotions for Muge. And it's she's kind of been using this crush uh, with Hinode as a focal point of trying to just shut out all other aspects of her life and all the relationships of her life, uh, save a few. I know her, she has a pretty strong connection with her best friend, uh, Yori, who she shares a lot of, uh, a certain amount of screen time with. And I think it's one of, probably one of my favorite, like best friend characters in an anime movie. She's, she's, I, I was really entertained by her. They, they I, I see, I'm liking this one more and more we talk about it. Cause I sort of watched it and shut it off and Mm -hmm. I watch Star Trek or something, whatever I do now. <laughs> and um, I do remember, though, like really liking that. It actually reminded me of being this age and the way that I talk to my friends. She's mm -hmm. got she's got this sort of really exasperated, basically, mood where she's just like she's always like, "Oh, what's what's Mio doing now or whatever?" But you can tell there's you know there's also yes. they actually really care about each other, but also. Like, 
on on the surface it's like oh god what's she doing oh she's so embarrassing what's she doing and okay. yeah so I'm, I'm watching the film like as we talk it's just okay. like, in the background I, I do this quite a lot when we're doing podcasts just okay remind, yeah just remind me of the movie <laughs> and the scene popped up that just reminded me of exactly why i sort of um squirmed in my seat so <laughs> Well, is it the same that? one that made me squirm? Is it the one where she's trying to tell her best friend what happened between her and Hinodi and it's they haven't shown that she's a cat yet and No, 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 much more simple than that. Oh. It's the scene it's the scene when um the boy's got the cat in his room and he's like inches away from, you know, making out with the thing. Yeah, I, weird. I we I have to talk not, about this. I did not read it. At- as anything like that at all. I just, honestly, <laughs> I'm, when you're saying about, oh, the really sensual scenes with the boy and the cat, I'm thinking, what? Did I watch the wrong movie? <laughs> I like, think I, I, don't, okay. I don't remember that happening. And it's just like, he's <clears throat> just making a fuss of the cat, like you do. <laughs> they are shot in a sensual way that is clearly... Okay. No, genuinely, no, and I think this is in the text. But genuinely, that is playing with the irony of the fact that she wants him to do that stuff to her as like a, as a person. To... Yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 in a way, I kind of read those scenes in a similar way, but it's like it's, but for some reason, I did, I just didn't pay it no mind because like I said in terms of like what he's actually doing if you take that particular way that that's being shot out of it that's like oh no he's like Chris like Chris said he's just fussing with a cat like you like you do yeah he is but, but I was I, I I never forgot yeah when in the scenes when she was a cat that it was actually Mugay in, in you know or what what she called Taro is her is her cat uh, name that yeah that that it was actually her inside that cat Mm-hmm. Um, right. I guess I was just thinking, oh, I'd do that. I'd strip cat. I love stripping cats. <laughs> I was, thinking, <laughs> I was, like, I was, yeah, I was watching it on both levels, right? Yeah. It was like, yeah. I see. You know, absolutely. I can, I can see that. Like that, you could definitely tell that that would that shot. And and in many ways, <laughs> in those scenes as well, I felt that. Um, what she was doing was actually quite immoral. Oh, totally. No. It's, it's, it's a real um, uh, betrayal of... Trust. <laughs> um, trust. <laughs> it, right. it's, it's basically, it's super creepy. And yeah. also, mm-hmm. as, it, as it said in the review, it would be, you know... Incredibly creepy if you switch the the genders in this. Yeah, but, if it was a guy versus a yeah, no, absolutely. But somehow the fact that it's a girl just makes it that slightly slightly bit more okay. But it's still uh, like this is kind of she's a stalker. In no, a she is. I, I think that it's 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 um it's tempered a lot for me by the fact that um. You know, the rest of her personality is just like she's a fucking lunatic, like <laughs> jumping, like jumping off the top of buildings. Oh yeah, I really enjoy that scene. That was <laughs> like that really that was a character defining. Like if the scene, like the first scene where she does the 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 booping the the booping with the butt. Um, 
thing wasn't and the earlier scenes was enough to sell you on her eccentricity this is the other scene that really sells it because like some students uh in her class just start bad mouthing uh Hinode and she just gets up and she mm-hmm. literally jumps off the side of the building and she's able to come out of it with just a scratch but is that because she's kind of using her cat powers then well, because she only has her cat abilities when she's wearing the mask, really. But she knows, because, I like, guess. Because, she lands on her being... feet. <laughs> yeah, so I think the she idea is... She jumps through the tree and then, like, lands on her. So my idea is, I think she's, because she spent so much time as a cat, she knows how to land and not hurt herself too bad. But she's, but she even says, like, this is so much easier when I'm a cat. But she's doing yeah. it because she's... Um... She's doing the very sort of typical uh, adolescent thing of like, I will impress my crush by being brash and almost annoying <laughs> to the point where he can't, in- can't ignore me. Okay. Now you have to pay attention to me. Now the fact mm. that I've nearly broken my leg to stop you being teased. Um, but the thing is though, her, her incredibly brash side or whatever, there's a lot, of, a lot to it that that's a um, a bit of an act as well because it is, yeah. She is, um, she's obviously going through something pretty intense, you know, at her age to be dealing with, um, you know, the issues of a divorce and uh, trying to um, put up with this new woman. Who I don't, I was thinking like, is she? A, you know, a bit of a younger woman or whatever. It's not, it's not, an, not made an issue or anything. I was just mm-hmm. thinking if that was. Well, definitely seems younger than her actual mother. Mother, but yeah. By how many like, years we don't. Everyone, know. Yeah. everyone seemed pretty young to me. I didn't read yeah. that as as. No, I was just thinking about it just now. I didn't <laughs> intentionally depicting or not. I, I sort of just read it more like um, this woman would be her enemy if she was anyone. Like, mm. she was very clearly depicted, the, her stepmom, I mean, or, you know, whoever. This, this yes, she's not an like. evil stepmom. Yeah, her no. name is, I remember Kaoru is her name, if I recall correctly. She's she's actually just very agreeable, but, like, it's, nice. it's not her fault yeah. that she is just a villain because of who she is. Yeah, I, I, it, that's in, an interesting dynamic. Yeah. And, and actually, I think that is... Um, you know, like realistic. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, with 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 step parents, it's not. Or you know, or when when um, one of your parents, like you know, does coops um, up with someone else. It's like, you, like whoever they are, it's going to be tough, even if they're the nicest person in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I can speak from experience. It is. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, I was. It did occur to me when I was watching it. I was thinking that for people who have been in, you know, not necessarily this exact situation, and definitely not with the turning into a cat, but but the uh, just the uh, the divorce when you're a child, you you know, in your childhood or whatever, it must be probably very very relatable. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I could just empathise with, you know, that. I can, because mm. I, I do remember like 
being scared when my parents had had an argument or whatever. Like, oh, they're not going to get divorced, are they? When they just, right. you know, they right. they just argued because you know they're humans. Yeah, couples um, argue. Yeah, and there was never any danger of that. But I, you know, I was just like, because oh, I was, you know, a scared little child. But mm-hmm. so I could I could totally empathise with it, even though I haven't been through it. But I imagine that, yeah. Well, as you say, you you found it kind of relatable and also tough. To, yeah, and yeah. It's- it it brought up some some feelings, but at the same time, it's like you know, I, I the the person in question that I'm I'm referring to that's in my life. Like I feel like the more time I spend with her, the more I get to know her, the better mm. I feel about the fact that you know if she's making my dad happy, then that's all that matters, and that's you know it's I've got my own life to live, and I think that I can spend this you know if he's if we're spending time together and she's there, like it's something that we can do. Um, Mm -hmm. and we can find common ground it's just it's still really hard for me sometimes like if say for example there's a particular instance where um it's me and my say my my dad his girlfriend and my mom is in the room like internally i'm like i'll be smiling i'll be smiling but internally i'm screaming yeah i try not to be in those kinds of rooms (laughs) No, it, it, like I'm, there's a reason why those those moments have only very very rarely happened. Like to be fair, my my dad and my mom probably parted on the most amicable of terms. Still, it's just like I don't know. It just something just seems very wrong to have like the three of them in one room, and it's just like yeah, yeah it's like I there's, I, there's I feel like, like I inherent, need to get out of here. Yeah, there's an inherent kind of tension. But the thing about yeah. the movie is that. Um, for me, it just reminded me a lot of the feeling of um, having to go home overnight because mm. they make it because there's a point in the movie when she doesn't come back, uh huh, and it's treated like oh she's run away, mm-hmm. like and the school gets involved and all of this, and it's um, it's kind of thing that actually like anime like we were saying before like does a good job of usually glossing over. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think, pretty notable and pretty cool that it it deals with it in a sort of like like in in both senses. Like it's it's about the girl wanting to not be at home, wanting to be free, mm-hmm. and turning into a cat being this um, this kind of freedom. Right? Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's it's what a lot of teenagers um, want, and it's why a lot of teenage fiction is like literally, um, you know. Uh, about uh, an escape escapism in that literal sense mm-hmm. um but i like that it also plays off you know it's it's the um it's the thing that brad bird and um, guillermo del toro talk about a lot in terms of fantasy which is like you gotta have the fantastical but then the mundane mm-hmm. you and have to have a blend of both magical yeah, realism exactly. Yeah, and um, I I like that the film like dealt with that for a second and sort of dealt with the consequences of you know effectively escapism at that age being an irresponsible thing to do. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, because you worry everyone who you know, and you know not just your immediate family, but your friends at school. Like I was, yeah. like this the. Scenes where you you know they're her best friends being told that she's run away, 
and she's talking to Hinode and his friend about her situation and then the point where you see her just kind of bent over on her desk with her hands in prayer when the teacher's saying, you know, okay, I know you guys are worried about her, but please leave this to the family. And they're like, that just, that shot just broke me. Mm. Like, she's so we're, such a good friend. We're, we're skipping ahead a bit. So she's basically sneaking off as a cat mm-hmm. almost every night to go and mm-hmm. visit boy, what's he called? Hinode. Hinode. To go and visit Hinode. And Hinode's sort of like living situation is... Um, is what like there's that he lives with his mom and his sister and there's a sort of old man his his granddad is it actually his granddad though it's his, yeah. his by yeah his biological granddad okay they run off uh um they sell pottery he he's the guy who makes the pottery and they sell it's like it's a kind are of you sure he's business. actually his granddad or it's not yeah the, it's actual granddad are you it's, sure they call it he calls him his grandfather. So, yeah, I think they call him Grandpa in that way that they translate Japanese badly, and he's just an old man. I thought I was pretty sure it's the grandfather because you, you know sure? they're, they're talking about you know, or they were suggesting about you know, like the family business or whatever. Yeah, yeah, because they're, they're, okay, they're part enough, of the big conflict with, with him. Is yeah, we'll get to there, but yeah, it's, it's definitely this family business. Fair enough. I, I get I get quite confused sometimes watching Japanese things because of that. <laughs> okay. distinction like everyone's granddad or grandma or auntie yeah. um and his situation is yeah like you were saying the pottery business possibly going under and him sort of facing up you know possibly taking that under his uh inheriting that basically right yeah he wants to do that but his mom is pressuring him to try and go into more hardcore schooling so he can try and get a different job but his problem is that while he wants to take over the family business, he's nervous. He, he doesn't, he does, he never has the courage to say it to his family's face. Like, no, this is what I want to do. And also he's like 14. Yes. You probably can't run a family business when you're 14. No. Yeah. But the pressure is falling on him because he's kind of family kind of, right? It's a little bit. Yeah, it's mentioned earlier in the in the movie when we first introduced to his family that his mom's a bit more of a traditionalist and she says yeah. as he's coming back saying like you know you need to you know you need to help carry this family and her, her daughter basically is like mom that's really an old old-fashioned way of thinking <laughs> mm-hmm. so um basically like what's happening is every time she turns into this cat She's mm-hmm. using like this mask that she got from from a from the fair right at the start. Yeah, the the fair yeah. by this mysterious mask seller. And the mask seller is like a sort of typical. He looks like a like a Japanese cat ornament come to life, right? Brilliant, like the the good luck cat kind of. Uh yeah, right, yeah. Um, Big chubby, fat paws, like very short tail. Yeah, oh, maybe. Maybe we should sort of explain the sort of first, because there's a flashback. Sure. Um, and it, it shows you how, um, basically, how she, how she met the uh, Mars seller in the first place. And it's that she was at a festival uh, with her, her mum. And that's where the conversation was happening about, about um, the, um, the new partner of the dad or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um basically she's 
she's feeling, you know, upset and hates it all and everything. And she's saying, I wish the world would end already or something. So mm-hmm. quite, quite a um, overreaction, some might say. Well, small that. child, yeah. younger, yeah. younger, younger people tend to overreact. Mm. Yeah. So she, she like wanders off away from her mum at the festival and there's like, um, there's like all these poles, whatever. And it says like cat, something. Cat lantern, cat lantern. Cat lantern, that's it. I watched it. <laughs> I've forgotten it already. <laughs> and uh, um, there's, yeah, there's basically like um, these poles with cat lanterns on, and there's like a pagoda type thing. And there's, and there's this mysterious figure who, at that point, doesn't actually, he looks sort of like a human, he's in human form, but he also looks kind of like a cat like anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and he basically he that is where he um first meets her, and it's done very quite... cleverly because it just he he meets her, and then it sort of cuts to the credits, and then yeah. you cut to you know her being boisterous at school and like asking around and all that, and just hanging out with her mate. Um. And we just jump right into seeing her after school use the mask. Yeah. You know, without yeah. the without the the part of learning how to be a cat. She just how knows how to use to... tail. Yeah. yeah, like she just Somebody goes. <laughs> hey, uh, you sure like fish lately? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The very tropey that. things of when you're turning into an animal. But genuinely, it's commendable they didn't do that. Yes. Yeah, they and well, that, probably... that was to stay in the heart of the story, that is, that because that would have just distracted, in my imagine. Well, yeah. it it would have, but it's also the thing of um, of uh, high concept sort of premises is that you know there's often like a feeling of obligation to go through those motions. And, um, I don't know. I I I can only assume that's probably Okada's good writing brain working there Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of i'm I'm sorry chris you wanted to say something real quick i thought i I heard you i i I was gonna say something but i can't remember now sorry if if you remember if you remember just give me a nudge and i will i will give the the mic to you but there's just something because i was doing that reading uh through uh mario kata's like i guess you could call a little bit of a biography Mm. um is that like you were mentioning the earlier about that concept of her trying to find freedom and feeling like locked in, like that's something that she very much had to deal with in her early in her early life from like elementary school into uh, junior high, into middle school, uh, oh, really? to, the, to the point where um, she was she uses the word truant uh, in the book a lot. Um, basically, the idea is that she was over time missing more and more days of school or faking sick or faking some, you know, some kind of excuse to not go to school. And there were point, and there was a time in her life where she just was not going to school. She sounds really cool. God. (laughs) 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 And also, um, even more shockingly, and I was really surprised like this, uh, her relationship with her mother, her biological mother also, very strained um 
her mom may or may not have, at least according to this book, uh, tried to murder her. What? No, they say, honest to God, like I was oh, reading no, this book. I was reading this book and like, you know, her mom was trying to, in her eyes, like shame her into going back to like school or basically like for being a fuck, you know, being a fuck, like, it's like I wish I never had you, you know, that, that kind of talk. And then at one point yeah, yeah. she comes home, grabs a knife and tries to kill her daughter. Obviously, um, obviously she did not die. Uh, Mari was able to defend herself. And fortunately, even though she was for a while, she was scared her mother would try again. And, but the next time that she tried to ask her, was like, like, no, I've basically given up on that. It was like that's messed her. up. It is so goddamn messed up. And that's it's, a lot. It is that a lot. also makes uh, that makes Maquia um, all the more kind of uh, yeah, kind of to me. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, obviously, I mean, in some of the stuff that I, you know, after reading some of that and rewatching uh, this movie, I would be very curious to uh, rewatch some of her other stuff that she's, you know, she's written now that I have this knowledge and see what's she's drawn from in her life experience to into that's that's come through in her writing like what's one thing that i've noticed um uh muge do uh in this movie whenever she's kind of having those little moments to herself in her room when she's trying to figure stuff out like she's got a little hidey hole under her bed yeah um, that mm -hmm. especially and you see when she's upset or down she's kind of like lying with her face down in a pillow like you know like you do mm. but I remember there was a point made in the book saying that a lot of her characters do that because that's exactly something that she would do most more most of the time in her exist you know her early life because that was just she was she was a shut in more more or less for a mm. good like five years I think if I remember the detail right right well not that surprising considering God, I can't but, uh, imagine what it would be like to be shut in all the time. No, imagine what, yeah. Uh -huh. What would that be like? Oh, well, we're getting a, ta a taste of it now, son. Um, but actually, it's interesting what you're talking about, though, because it's very much... Um, it, it, it plays into the themes very well. Like, you know, the idea of wanting to find a sanctuary and running away and trying to find your place. Like, it's very much sort of teenage themes. Mm -hmm. And... And uh, the characterization of her in the film is she never feels like a grown-up. She's always feeling, she, she, she feels like an impulsive character. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I actually, I actually think that's quite a realistic or, I don't know, believable or accurate you know, way of depicting teenagers, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's part of the reason why I think... Uh we're getting so endeared to this character because of the fact that she is more or less, even though she is a very eccentric, uh, acting her age. Mm. Yeah, and, and also like wanting a taste of, I don't know, whatever freedom means. Uh, freedom, which... but at the same time security, like, like you said, play, a place to belong, because like, she feels like she doesn't have that between uh, living with her dad and the stepmom and she doesn't feel like she belongs there and she says so multiple times mm -hmm. in the movie but also but, but, the fact that her mom's reaching out to her and says oh you can come live with me and like no you mm -hmm. freaking left me like what do you want me to do but i like that the movie again like there's a scene when she uh, quite early on um 
well, not that real, maybe, but like she sneaks out. Mm-hmm. And um, she's she's off, you know, hanging out with him all day mm-hmm. in the in the pottery barn, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. The the pottery works, the kiln shop, the pottery shop, pottery shed. I think, but, yeah, yeah. And anyway, she's she, she's snuck out. And she comes back, and her um. Her stepmom notices that she's gone. She's like, "Oh, her shoes are missing." Mm-hmm. Um, but like the way, sorry, I'm just calling her stepmom because it's just easier. Um, That's fine. She, uh, she, but she reacts in a sort of like you know very very uh, sort of like, "Oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be uh, the enemy here." So like, I'm not going to scold her, and I'm not going to mm-hmm. like have a go. I'm just going to sort of. You know, oh, and then she like asks asks her like if she wants to join her for tea, mm-hmm. and she's like she's very aware of like not making herself the enemy, mm-hmm. which dramatically is a really interesting thing for the film to do because it would be so much easier and like lazier really if the film just sort of went, oh no, well she's got to be angry at her because oh, that's what it's like being a teenager. Everyone's angry at you, but like no, she's actually the conflict is that this woman is actually very open to uh, very open to her and is mm-hmm. sort of offering her love that isn't being uh, reciprocated and mm-hmm. um it's a much more sort of subtle interesting way to play it absolutely i really i really liked that you had sympathy you had just as much sympathy for her as you had for uh Muge. and when you said mm-hmm. about that i don't feel like punishing her but then you get you actually cut to uh the stepmom's cat and she kind of gives uh Muge like the death glare and even runs up and gives her a good scratching for her trouble mm. so it's just like and, and we get to learn more about the cat as her cat as we uh get further into the movie because there is a particular point coming up where the the dynamic shifts between certain characters yeah well when we get to that point we probably want to because we haven't mentioned whether we're giving away too much i don't know (laughs) i mean that's the biggest point (laughs) yeah well that's kind of yeah well i guess the the big the big thing is um yeah you're right is where this kind of turning oh i see what you oh hang on right i just realized what you meant Right. Yeah, yeah, so just just a quick spoiler warning for, for folks listening in who want to watch this movie blind, just, um, you know, you can go ahead and, uh, and just take our word for it that, you know, while we all have had different experiences while walking into this movie, um, you know, I think the general consensus is it's a good watch if you're a fan of anime films, if you're a fan of Barry Okada's writing, uh, this is definitely a good one. Um, and if you're a cat person. If you're also a cat person, this is the anime for you. Holy like, moly. If you like Studio Colorado as well. Yes. Yeah. Please if support them. Pe- if you enjoy Penguin Highway. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. You'll probably enjoy this. Mm-hmm. So with that out of the way, if you want to get spoiled of what happens in the latter part of the movie, um, you know, we're about to get into that. So, uh, you know, you have been warned. But... Um, a lot of things for the, the story building up to this point builds up to this one particular moment where uh, uh, Muge basically says, okay, I'm going to write him a letter to, you know, let him know how I feel. But of course she's using all the things that he's told her while he, she's a cat. And so it, in, you know, she's basically writing out this letter. And unfortunately for her, 
the bullies in her class uh, do something very cruel and uh, take the letter and read it aloud in front of everybody. Those little shits. Mm-hmm. And again, something else that was very enlightening after reading uh, Mario Kata's uh, book that she's no stranger to being bullied. She she plays uh, it off she plays it off a lot in terms of you know like oh I didn't really bug me or that much I'm like no nah, it did otherwise you wouldn't be writing about it yeah. you can you can definitely see that element uh, but she's definitely here. she's um I don't know how to put this she's she's come through the um, oh Christ the matured you know she's matured enough that mm-hmm. she is able to look back on it um, as an observer to her own behavior. If that makes I guess. Sense. If that's yeah. the best way of putting it, if it's not too weird a yeah, words it. to say. She's drawing on her own experiences for her writing, basically. Yes, but, in, but particularly in a way that um, is very self-aware. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess the best writing. But, you know, there is also the disastrous version of this which is a non-self-aware sort of mm-hmm. you know a, a, a version which is um not yet at peace with you know the divorce or something like that mm-hmm. um but, so but, but then yeah. also we're also not talking about like the film also has a fair share of like just you know an anime staple school scenes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and I think like these school scenes are probably as good as, if not, you know, in many ways as good as like anything that um, uh, Makoto Shinkai's done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anything they actually reminded me of, uh, probably most of um, uh, Whisper of the Heart. Yeah, yeah. Again, the, another, something else written by Mario Kata. That, no, it wasn't, was it? Uh, well, I thought it was. Whisper of the Heart? I don't think it was. Yeah. No, I think you're getting mixed up. There's the Ghibli one, Whisper of the Heart. It was, oh, was, I was guess, it written by Miyazaki. Oh, Anthem of the Heart. I forgot. I'm Anthem sorry. of the Heart, sorry, yeah. And Oh, she also did a silent voice as well, right? Uh, no, she did uh, not. I think next. She did Anohana. Think, yeah, Naoko Yamada. I think she wrote and directed that. I think. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But okay. there are. Okay. There's, okay. there's okay. definitely. There are similarities between this and uh, um, yeah. Silent Voice. And one of the big ones is. Um, but for different reasons. When. Uh, when uh, Muge goes into one of her, like, swoony moments over, over the boy. Oh, Everyone yeah. behind her is turned into sort of um, like puppet type yeah, things with no faces. Straw puppets. Yeah, and there was there's a whole there's a whole thing in um, in a Silent Voice where it's, it's the main character, isn't it? He can't yeah. see anyone else's face. It's yeah, like, he can't look anyone yes. else in the eye. So everyone's yeah, so got he, big old blue X in front of their faces. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's. It's done for quite different reasons here. It's just like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, she's only got eyes for him, basically. Mm. No one else matters. And that's kind of, I, I think, interestingly, I think, in a way, the, um, it's almost like the romance isn't, even though it's like 
put up as the big climax thing, it's not the be all and end all of the story because it isn't because she, she's basically and you're shown by the fact that she in those sequences with the um weird muppet people <laughs> muppet people um is that she's basically pushing you know she's ignoring everything else at the expense mm-hmm. of this boy right, right but and you know she's not noticing like things like stepmom trying and things like that and her friends who care about her and stuff. She's just um, doesn't match, doesn't notice any of that because... I don't so, think that's necessarily like a, a, a you know, an unhealthy thing. Mm. I think that's much more... That just seems like a typical sort of junior high school kind of thing to me than anything. It's like, do you, do you know what I'm saying? It feels like... Um, the film isn't blaming her for that. No, that no, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not necessarily saying it's blaming her. It's you know that's how she's coping with being right. in such a tough situation or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's she's offloading all her emotions onto this like one person. on this one yeah. crush. Yeah, well, yeah. and to be fair, this is actually something I noticed in my second viewing. You were mentioning um, how the stick people are basically you know almost everyone else, and aside from Hinode. I actually noticed something. Her friend Yuri is exempt from that. Whenever oh, yeah, you see I did that shot, her, that, yeah. her best friend is always still viewed the exact same way. So that yeah. that really tell is a tell of how deep their friendship is, which I thought was the sweetest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did also notice that in my second viewing. But is yeah. there like a cultural significance to those things? Because I noticed they had like very specific sort of like markings on the face. Yeah, like, like I feel like I've seen that... them before, but I don't really yeah. know what their significance is. I'm not going like... to I'm not gonna draw on it then. Training, <laughs> training dummies or something, like for kendo or something. Or like... I don't, I don't I, think I, so. Well, I kind of feel like I've played video games where there are like things yeah. that you test on and they look like that. Right. Um, but, so, so like she's going through all this shit, like at school and everything. Mm-hmm. I just want to point out a, a really nice scene that wasn't that's not nice for her at all. Um, mm-hmm. Where she has like a love letter. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing I was just talking about. Yeah, go for it. Like a confession letter, and um, these like two kids who only really exist to be little shits in mm-hmm. the film. Uh, take it and like humiliate her in front of the whole class and mm-hmm. especially him all day um, by reading it out and mm-hmm. um, I don't know I, I just thought it was a, a pretty great scene because it wasn't um, I don't know that would have been like a climactic scene in, mm-hmm. in something else um, I, I guess like maybe that's the thing like around the point that point in the movie like that is over for her. Yeah, and because of that, the hopes of of that love being reciprocated, and it, mm-hmm. um, and like yeah, like because of that, it doesn't um, it doesn't feel like that is the crux of the story mm-hmm. so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Like the film isn't about isn't like a you know a, a your name style like will they weren't they? It's more like yeah, huh? it's it's something about like her going on her own journey. 
basically yeah that's something i realized as i was watching this movie and again i think that's probably what hooked me in more to it and i have to make it one mention before we move on from this scene is that i really like when um she's after they've the bullies you know the bullies have been uh dismissed more or less and she's trying to talk with hinode and he lashes out because obviously he's been really embarrassed um and throughout the point where he's kind of like reaming into her a little bit the camera starts swaying like her vision is getting distorted and it's like it's you can tell that this one moment is just her entire world is just crashing down and and you just see that emotion just bubble up on her face as she starts crying even though she tries to smile over it and then just runs out um but then you notice later on in some of the scenes where she's where we've had where she's talking with the stepmom now that she knows she doesn't have that, that emotional outlet what does she do she lashes out and she more or less runs away right. and she goes and, i'm going to be a cat all the time well uh, it was it's it's just for this moment when her mom visits mm-hmm. her biological mom and 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 she's she's in cat form and she kind of spies on them having a to-do uh pretty big to-do the uh the mom and the stepmom get into a slap fight and start pulling on each other's hair and like she's it's pretty like, hot isn't it I mean, oh god yeah no it got it got serious and uh the dad's trying to break it up yeah. meanwhile you see muge in cat form just kind of looking at this like i should go she i think she's kind of into it she's like <laughs> i no, i genuinely i think that her her reaction to it is kind of like, ah, cool. Like, <laughs> you know, they're getting what for. I guess so. <laughs> That's not how I read it, but I'm sure I could. Maybe I'll, I'll try. Maybe looking at that scene again. Maybe I'll maybe I'll see that. But she she because she had the look, the exasperated like look on her face, and that like agitated mm. eye twitch, which gave me away. Like, oh, this she's uncomfortable. But you know, maybe so. The big thing that's, that's happened. Also too. The big thing that's happened though. That. I don't know at what point. See, it's not. It's not. Um, it's not a film that has a very. As you can see by the way that we're talking about it, it's it is genuinely like much more a character study than anything else. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah, yeah. Because we're getting like, oh, this thing happens then, or when does that happen? Then? It doesn't really matter. Like, but what does happen just before the halfway halfway point? It will wrap. Like, guess like yeah just pull the halfway point is she gets fed up mm-hmm. and the um like the cat god sort of thing yeah the who, master seller the master seller yeah that's it who's um, been making random appearances throughout the movie by the way um up to this point yeah and like she's never that happy to see him mm-hmm. because he keeps on tempting her to to give up her human face Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, eventually, um, he he gets it from her because I think she, in a classic fairy tale form, says something along the lines of like, you know, I'm done with this life or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. More or less, him, yeah. She she seals the deal with the words, and then her human face falls away. Yeah, she says, "I'm done with being Mio," mm-hmm. and then yeah, her face falls away. And um, she's stuck as a cat. 
Yep. And she starts turning actually into a cat. She has trouble under, like, as you still see her in cat form, she starts to have trouble understanding people's speech. Like, she, she can no does, longer, yeah. But she does go on, go on, like, with a search for herself, which is quite funny. Yes, because you find out, because even though, like, up to a point, like, everyone's been looking for her since they think, she, you know, she's missing, but then random, like, you know, all of a sudden, you cut back and you see her going to school again, and you're like, wait, what? But then you cut back and you see her as a cat, and it's like, okay, what just happened? And then you find out something interesting. Uh, this mask seller takes these human faces that, you know, of people who have decided to be cats, and then gives them to cats to be humans, and... The cat in particular who's taken her face is the cat that belongs to her stepmom. <laughs> Which is wild! I just, I holy it. mother of God! That was such... I didn't see it coming, guys! I was really, really surprised by that. Like, and twofold. <laughs> twofold surprise because of what happens later on, but with that same character. But yeah, go for you. Let's talk about this. It's funny. I... I didn't, it's not that I saw it coming, it was just that it made sense to me. Mm -hmm. I'm usually, I'm usually like the first person to just, you know, like not see anything coming in a movie. Mm -hmm. um, I'm usually a massive sucker when it comes to like any kind of surprise turn in a film. I'm like, oh my god, I never saw it coming. And everyone's like, yeah, it was obvious. Mm -hmm. um, but this one, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because that cat's, like, kind of been like something or a presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, does not like Mio very much. No. Yes. Clearly not. Yeah, that's more the point, yeah. But the reason for taking her place is to be with the stepmom. Because she... she um, it's suggested that she loves her so much, basically, and she thinks she's near the end of her her lifespan, and so she wants to be able to be with the cat, would be with her owner for much longer. So yeah, to just be her adopted daughter, because obviously and to he doesn't off, like her. Take, look after her, basically. Mm -hmm. Which, Which is, is so sweet. Yeah, I like the fact that it suggests that cats do love their owners. Which anyone who's got a cat. They recognise, you know, people mm, you do know. like to make people like to make jokes. Oh, the cats—they just eat your face if you if they had the chance. But they, any any person who's you know had a relationship with a cat knows how how affectionate they can be and stuff. Mm. So that was I I find that a super cute bit of the story that she's just like I want to be with my my human forever. Yeah, but here's here's another the second fold surprise for me because it like like Dan was kind of mentioning earlier, it would have been so easy or lazy to have this cat now be like the enemy or the roadblock for Mio to get her, her face back, her human self mm. back. But no, the cat comes to her own conclusion that, oh, you know, my owner really misses me as me. Yeah. And that's the way I, you know, that's the way, it, you know, it, I, I should not be a human or try to live as a daughter, even especially when she's mentioning that she wants to go back and live as a human again. So she actually goes out of her way to help uh, Mio in a way to, to get herself back and also uh, bring Hinode along for the ride. Yeah, she, she goes and, and tells him 
oh, I am a cat in human form, and she's actually, and he's just like, oh, oh, that makes sense. Oh, okay. Well, most no, of but I, I most like, of his reaction is like this, that. though. I, I like that. I like that it doesn't waste time on again, like as um as as Andrew Osmond said in the re- in the review, like the shaggy dog stuff, mm-hmm. where it's but- like. What? How are you a cat? Like it's just sort of like okay, sure, fine. Let's go. Yeah, well, they, they 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 normally go through that very quickly. It's like whenever anyone has to tell someone something unbelievable in a film, they normally basically they go, "That can't be true." Once say, I'm from the future, they go, "You're not from the future. You're not really, are you?" Uh, yes. And they go, "Okay." That's normally how it works. They go, "Oh, I accept you now." Yeah. So he he just um. He just accepts it. Go. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there was a there was a time there was a time skip. Like, because you see the cat, she's taken off the human face and she's there as a cat holding the face mask, and he has the reaction and just screams. We cut to the sky and then, like, quick cut to them talking out stuff in the barn and basically, the Kanako is the name of the the cat who's pretending to be uh, Mio and she's just laughing. The fact that she's okay. that he's dealing with the idea that oh yeah the the cat Taro that you were loving and playing with all this time that's Ben Muge, and he's probably and he's like, thinking, oh, dear I'm glad I didn't do anything too embarrassing in front of her because <laughs> he's but, a teenage boy. I mean, it could do anything too embarrassing to the cat. Eyes he was given her. You just made it weird. <laughs> like, the film made it weird. There is some <laughs> like it's it's just it's just on you, Dad. Me and Rachel did not read it like that. I mean, it's, what's it say about you? Not about the film, eh? eh? I think it most frankly says that I'm not a cat person. Yeah, that's that's probably what it is. <laughs> that's that's all it's saying. Um, so, Here we're introduced to cat. Uh, we 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 lead, get the lead into uh, the new location because most of this has all been in the the hometown of the school. But now we get to introduce to Cat Island. Mm. So which is the climax for the film. So yeah, like I, I like this stuff, and actually, like going back a little bit, I like the stuff that you know. Again, like we were saying about. Um, you know, like him just sort of like, going, okay, cool, she was a cat. Like, you know, th- that's pretty weird, but also just kind of going with it. It actually mm-hmm. reminds me a little bit of like Song of the Sea. Mm-hmm. Right? Just like, oh, you're a Selkie? Cool, right, mom was a Selkie? Right, that's, that's really awesome. Like, <laughs> it's sort of the world is constantly adjacent to folklore. Mm-hmm. And everyone's kind of on board with the idea. And um, yeah, I don't know, I kind of, I kind of dug it. Because Me it meant, because it meant that when we once we get into Cat Island, um, the sort of this other realm where there are only cats, mm-hmm. he's walking around like it's kind of normal. I really like how they how you have to find Cat Island, like the like the walking along the um, the the special thing that only cats can see. The special like bridge, yeah, yeah. And uh, that like that you have to follow this red thing through, like through the um. Well, it's it's a it's a Tory. Yeah, it's like a it's a gate, isn't it? It's like a very traditional, um, uh, you know, uh, thing in in Japanese tradition. Yeah, it's like it's a spiritual gate. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it leads to this big, it's, it's basically a, literally a, a giant tree uh, which has this cool. entire town uh, surrounding it, and they're all like these uh, stylized anthropomorphic cats, but you can clearly see that like they can go, like there's a little bit of a transition that you see with some of the cats there that obviously like um, Muge in her cat form, she's a lot smaller than the rest of them. Mm. Like they are literally human size, um, these cats, but they can also go to like seamlessly run on all fours as well as as easily as they can walk and move and use things on on two legs. Right, they, and they're kind of going for like the sort of semi, um, I don't know what the word is, like grotesque sort of thing. Like there are restaurants that only serve rats. And stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's go- she's like, no, nah, no, thanks. Like, it, it's very sort of spirited away the sort of like oh there's like the, like the introduction to it like mm-hmm. here's the um here's the market for cats or whatever yeah that, kind that of very... kind of yeah I, I i kind of get what you mean um yeah it's it's definitely presented as like a sort of um a weird place not a welcoming one Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, case in point, she's trying to go around and ask him for information about the mass seller, but not everyone there know, even knows who this guy is. But she comes across a bunch of cats who were, in fact, human formerly. And they have, like, their own little bar in Cat Island. And oh, it's so face- sad. I know. It's so sad. It's so horrible. This bit was, like, really surprising because um, they all kind of regret it. They do, yeah, and, and there's and one one of them even talks to her. It's like, hey, I was a mother. I ran away from my responsibility, but I regret it a lot. And I think that was it, it, that interaction gives her some context in regards to her and her interactions and relationship with her own mother, mm. in a way. And uh, right. And then this whole climax. Uh, I would say it's a chase sequence, more or less, because the. The mass seller comes in, he tries to take her away because his whole goal has this entire time has been to uh, get uh, Mio's lifespan, like take half of it away and extend his own. Right. Yeah, and, and also like in fairy tale sort of tradition. Yeah. She's gonna be stuck there as well. Yes. And uh, uh, the cat uh, Kanako uh, brings Hinode with her into Cat Island to find Mio and they're able to find each other and basically most of the climax is them trying to reach each other but also get away from the mass se- the mass seller and uh right. try to stop him from like trapping them there and uh taking their and taking their you know years off their life. But fortunately yeah, but- they don't they don't do it alone. They have they have help in the form of these uh other uh cats for, you know formerly human cats. They they show up like in it's basically like a portal sequel in end end game. Yeah. Just all show up at the end. <laughs> and like, they, they just oh, beat up this they got... just beat up the mass seller and I'm like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's not alone. She's got help and they all show up and mm-hmm. uh, beat beat up the mass seller. Which was great sequence by the way, like this Yeah. This sequence feels somewhat tacked on. A little bit, yeah. But it's it still felt, fun to watch. It, it's 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 fun enough to watch. I felt um, 
like I'd invested enough in these characters that I would have been satisfied with um, a less conventional ending. Fair. The I, ending it, it, feels very much like a sort of, oh, bollocks, we've got a, you know, a spectacle. We've got a, there's got to be a fight, I think. There's got to be a set piece. And that, okay, I see what you mean. Now. There's not like, in terms of character resolution, it felt very, and maybe this is just because, again, like, cause I was tired watching it. I don't know. But I was just watching it, like, going, like, okay, right, they're sort of, they're now kind of talking to each other and they're kind of friends and for some reason he doesn't hate her now and uh, like I didn't really get, it didn't feel earned to me. Okay, no, I, became, I see what you mean. Like friends in the way that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, well, kind of, I felt a bit like you could almost lose the whole Cat Island thing, but I did also like Cat Island. <laughs> yeah, it, visually it was a tree. Visually it was a it was a great tree, but narratively you probably could have left it out. Like you could have had the mass seller be like, you know, he could have been a lot more ambiguous and not actually evil. He could have been doing this like, oh, you've learned your lesson. Here, have your human face back. Yeah, it was very much like a fairy tale villain that like he didn't really have any motivation other than the fact that he was just this mask seller spirit and he was greedy and that was it. Yeah, they, it, they could have like had a climax in a cat cafe. That would have been cool. Well, this is why this is why I'm wondering. Like, I'm thinking of it, and I'm like, well, you know, I think it, what probably damaged it. I liked the scenes actually, where the mask seller was like appearing to her in like uh, you know um, playgrounds in the in the middle. Yeah, of the he night. would just randomly pop out of things, wouldn't he? Yeah, and like that was kind of like that felt cool, like a weird sort of violation where he was like, hang on, what are you doing here? Like, it was very much... But yeah, the Cat Island stuff, I was like... I mean, it was... Again, well done enough. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact that it ended in a fight in particular just felt very... like, odd to me. Well, yeah, because mm. most of what we've seen up until this point, like you said, it's been more or less a character study of Mio... Mm. And, you know, trying to more or less find herself through this relationship and and just kind of sort out, you know, the fact that, you know, people can love her and, you know, just she's, it's okay for, you know, to let people, you know, because she was so hurt by her mother. Like, so the fact that it was such like a character driven narrative, the fact that it all comes down to a brawl to resolve the main conflict, you know, it, it does seem weird. Right. It I mean, it, it, it's not it does, bad, it, but weird. Yeah, it's not that it doesn't have the moments as well of mm-hmm. of um, of her sort of you know realizing her own behavior and attempting to you know um, to not be selfish or you know to or to commit a selfless sort of act in trying to save him from mm-hmm. the master and all this, but it's. I can't really, sorry, I can't really pinpoint, you know, the, the, the moment that was sort of like, oh, this is the end. Yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. It was just sort of like, well, the other, the other cats sort of, that they met at the bar 10 minutes ago turned up and, 
they beat the thing up and then then they tell each other they love each other and then well this is okay this is the thing i'll be very very bloody blunt i Mm -hmm. had very similar feelings to this as i did weathering to you where it's just oh it's the end of the film so we've got to look all starry-eyed into each other's faces and Mm -hmm. I'm like, hang on, why do you, 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 you were saying that she was too boisterous for your liking and all of this, and now suddenly, just because it's convenient, you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't really feel as though Hina Day went through. That's fair, because, yeah, yeah, I know, I, I see steps. what you mean. Yeah, that's why I said I, I think it's kind of suggested that he did like her more than he said in reality, yeah. but he was, he was just, um, you know, he's been a teenager. Kind of. I also um, really, really, really didn't like um, him saying that he hated her. Mm. Oh, yeah. That I was... thought that that was... Um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was very uh, not up my, my alley. There was nothing about it which was like... Which seemed like a character flaw to me. It was just that thing that pops up sometimes in anime when people like decide to hate someone because of the fact that they're pathetic. Mm. I was watching something recently and it, that, that popped up. It was like, oh, I hate them. They're such a pathetic human. And it's like, hang on, there's no reason to hate someone. <laughs> like it's a very sort of like, you're putting a lot of stock in, in that. Fair up, I guess. But- yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I can understand that. I would be more on board with it if I, again, had not read Mario Kata's book. Um, oh, really? He talks about that a lot, about not living up to expectations um, and describes her mother's relationship with other people as pathetic and a lot of other people, like she, like in one chapter, she actually talks a lot about her mom and uh her relationship with her other members of her family and how she was viewed by her sisters and even her own mother as pathetic a pathetic individual who's too bland too kind of middle of the road just not like there's something about japanese culture they put a lot of stock in at least from just this one account of you having a talent or some kind of thing that make that sets you apart and when you don't have that you know that's that's something weird about you or you know you're not passionate about anything you're just apathetic that's so weird you know that's 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 odd because you a lot of things portray it like a japanese cultural thing basically about conforming conforming into so that's kind of like the opposite of they're saying you should be something unique and if you haven't got something unique but it's such it's such a yeah, I, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm a little bit wary, honestly, of talking about another culture in that, in that respect. Because yeah, especially it, since we were raised in said culture. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's all based off um, media coming from that, that culture. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, think, I think we're all steeped enough in, in enough <laughs> um, Japanese media to kind of see, to kind of know what we, what we mean when we talk about that. There is a sort of very traditional idea of yeah conforming which is again based on 
you know, ideas which are kind of old fashioned and um, uh, yeah, probably stick around in certain um, personality traits mm-hmm. in characters in ways that probably make probably a little bit more sense maybe yeah. in, 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 in its home country, but I can't, I can't read into them in that, in that respect. I can only really watch them in each given, you know, film or book or TV series or whatever and kind yeah. of go, well, this is the character that's being depicted. And in this one case, I, I, I can see an argument mm-hmm. for why um, it's his sort of defense mechanism of like, I just, of kind of going like, I don't know how to deal with you. So it's just easier for me to say, hey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that is kind of like the whole cliche. Yeah, yeah, it's cliche. Kids. The kids that have kids like uh, when they got a crush on someone, they'd be like, "Oh, you smell." Throw things at them. Yeah, the whole whole idea. I, I, I just, I think this is different. I don't think it's you smell. I sense a genuine contempt that he had for her that I felt uncomfortable about. Uh, Wasn't it after the? the reading of the letter. Yeah, so he's just been... So he's, been... He's, he is incredibly embarrassed, so he's lashing out, basically, is one way of looking at it. Uh, i got to find the scene, because I, do, I don't remember it that way. I remember it as, like... Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. Yeah, I guess... It's, but it's a very extreme version of that. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. It, it's not, like... I guess in many ways I'm saying I probably don't like him as a character. No, well, I, I can see say, why. I was going to say that uh, one of the nitpicks I'd have with the film is the fact that he doesn't seem like a particularly interesting character most of the time. And you're, no. it's it's such it's happens right. in a lot of anime where there's a a character who's really in love with this person, and you kind of think. Why? What's so special about them? Yeah, you what is what is so special about them? Please, you can't me. you can't really see anything, and you just sometimes think, oh, perhaps they just think they're cute <laughs> or whatever. Because yeah. um, that we don't see right. a lot of sort of the only time we actually like see, you know, I guess the real side of him is when he's talking to the cat. I guess mm-hmm. <laughs> so. That's how she gets gets to know him and likes him more because she right. sees that side. Right. And that's probably a side that he tries to keep very personal and very hidden so that mm. when she's talking about all this shit in a letter, that is stuff that has been kept within his own four walls. Now it's out there in the classroom. He's, yeah. And he, he does say, he like, he says, I wish I could be basically as, you know, open with my feelings as she is. He says that. I think, I think probably what, so I just scrubbing through the film. <laughs> I okay. found a moment where he actually says, I don't actually hate her. We'll want to start um, wrapping up things in a few minutes, but yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll finish like we're talking about this. And I, think I we'll guess what I'm saying is, it's... There are a few films I've seen recently that, uh, anime films, I mean, that, that um, haven't quite squared with toxic masculinity in the way that... Mm feels as though 
it's being dealt with in a responsible way because I always, okay. So like, this is just my thoughts wrapping it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I like this film more and more <laughs> that we've talked about it. <laughs> and I want to watch it again. Um, I always hold that um, uh, j- j- Japanese uh, animation in particular um, is very, very, very good at filling a gap in the market um, for uh, truly adolescent stories. Yes, and, this is and, definitely... This and is it's, definitely something, it's something that... Yeah, exactly. It's, it's teenagers. And mm. it's something that, for some reason, um, uh, American, you know, animation just cannot do. It's, Kill Spider-Verse. It's kind of? Well, it's I, like... Yeah. Yeah, you, you know, anyway, anyway. So, for that, I think it's actually a great little movie because it, mm. it, it speaks specifically to that audience. And the fact that it's on Netflix as well... Yeah. means that more and more people are likely to find it. Mm-hmm. And if it means that it's like another another way for like someone who wouldn't usually get into Japanese anime to get into it, then 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 I'm I'm you know I'm I'm all for it. Um uh yeah I just think that um it has therefore slightly more responsibility to just I never think art has the I, I don't want to say like I think that art has the obligation to have a morality about it or to mm. teach a story you know to teach at all it's its main job is to entertain mm-hmm. however if you're making a story for children for for teenagers in particular they're very impressionable and I just wish that it had been a little bit more savvy, maybe in his depiction. Okay, okay. I don't in in his in his behaviour. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that comes down to the writing or the directing. Um, anyway, that's 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 it. And I I, I kind of can't wait to watch this game now. All right. Well, then I think we'll we'll wrap this up. So we can you can if I know it's late for you, but maybe maybe you can make time to do that very soon. And I hope uh, anyone who's been listening along with us has already taken the time to see it. Or if not, if you just gone ahead and just listened just for this, you know, to get an idea if this would be the film for you. Hopefully, this has given you some tips on whether or not that will be the case. So I know I really enjoyed having a chance to watch this movie. Um, and I'm and I'm really glad that you all were able to join us for a bit more uh, with an in-depth discussion about it, what made it so special. Um, So yeah, thanks to everyone for tuning in. Uh, Thank you guys, Chris and Dan, for joining me and uh, recording with me today. It's been a while since we've all been together. I know. I'm on a recording. Yes, yes. It's been been tough with my new job, but I'm I'm trying my best since I'm on my uh, short vacation right now. Mm. I was able to carve out this time, thankfully. But, uh, but yeah, please stay tuned to uh, Animation for Adults' uh, Wayne webpage for upcoming articles. And Chris has been doing a really good job of keeping everything up to date on uh, new stuff that's been released for mm. either DVD or streaming. Um, I'm really excited, in particular, for some new stuff because uh, Brand New Animal just hit Netflix. So that's going to oh, be Oh, it's so good. I know. I can't. I, I'll, don't tell me. I have to watch it still. Um, yeah, I've only just, uh, I've only a few episodes in. But... <laughs> Same. I think you're gonna and, like um, it. Yeah, I'm. I'm enjoying it a lot more than 
30 All right. trigger things. <laughs> okay, I have something to look forward to. Great. So yeah. yeah, please stay tuned to the webpage for any uh, updates on new stuff streaming or new reviews coming down the line. Um, as always, please stay tuned to uh, our social media for any of those updates when new stuff does hit. We are on Facebook, Twitter, at AFA blog. We are also on Pinterest, uh, Tumblr, and Instagram. Um, I believe that's all the ones I can remember. Um, <laughs> and of course, please continue to support this podcast and the site by checking out our Patreon page as well as our Ko-Fi page, depending on how much you would like to contribute. I know Chris has been also working on some new potential tiers, which we will uh, elaborate on in future, but we'll keep that and under the hood for now. And you can also commission a review now if you would like yeah, us to there we go. a particular title. You can just, you can uh, commission a review of a film or a series and uh, you can get your, um, your little name and, and do it on the review and mm -hmm. you will be preserved for posterity. Yeah. In, like, yeah. So thank you such and such for requesting this review and you know hey yeah. it's, it's a great opportunity for us too because maybe there's something that you've seen that we haven't and haven't had a chance to cover on the webpage, and it'll be an experience for us to uh, check out something new which is probably ever since i started working with with this group on this website has been one of the greatest experiences here is the fact that i've got to see so much new animation not just stuff that falls into my uh main line of comfort my main I guess my comfort zone I should say in viewing and animation but it's really challenged me to look at some stuff that's not normally my 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 comfort zone but I'm really glad I did so uh any mm -hmm. kind of suggestions all of you our listeners might have for something they would have seen reviewed and just get our take on it um and uh Chris where can we find you on social media uh you can find me at Mr Crystal on Twitter and Instagram and also it is on Facebook, but um, you, can, you can follow me for public posts, um, but I would add you as a friend unless I know you. So. <laughs> that's okay. That, that's, generally, that's generally how Facebook, Facebook should work. Um, yeah, but you can follow. <laughs> yes, you can follow for sure. Uh, Dan, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Hamu. All right, and you can find me on Twitter at Fail2Ninja. Guys, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Please stay healthy, stay safe. Give your, if you've got a cat, give them a hug because, <laughs> you know, or it, maybe just a scratch behind the ear if they're not huggers. Um, I don't just... never met, I've never met a cat that's a hugger. What? <laughs> you they exist, believe it or not. They do exist somewhere. There are I've met a cat. That, I, I, the only, if somehow the only cats I've met have like liked 4.5 seconds of a hug. I've been able to get a, to squeeze a little bit more out of mine, but uh, it, that's, it's been a process of having him learn to get used to that, and I'm not trying to strangle him. <laughs> just like, no, just, this is just affection. This is just how I show affection. But anyways, yes, uh, everyone, take care of yourself, and we will see you, or we will get back to you next time on the next episode of the AFA Podcast. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.
too. And Chris did a wonderful review of it. No, um, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? What? Andrew Osmond wrote it. It was a wonderful review, but it wasn't me. Oh my goodness. I, I, this is what I get for going into a full-time job and then being completely out of the loop. I'm sorry. So It's okay. I, I, yeah, I just, yeah, it's great review. I didn't write it. I didn't realize that as well, because it was because it's uncredited. No, is it? Well, at the bottom it says Andrew Osmond. Oh, okay. All right, I got you. Sorry, sorry, sorry for the mixed credits there. I will, I will endeavor to do better. But yes, <laughs> we, we do. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, <laughs> I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it.